Dear members of Emmanuel, having been separated from our church friends for nine weeks because of the coronavirus pandemic, we are finally making plans to reopen our sanctuary for Sunday public worship okay, services. The first Sunday open will be May 24th. We will be worshiping in two services at our normal times of 8 o'clock and 10.30. We will be observing some special guidelines for a while until further restrictions are lifted. Because we're required to maintain social distancing, every other pew in the sanctuary has been taped off for non-use. In addition, generally only five to six people will be seated in each pew so that families and individuals can maintain a six-foot buffer distance. In order to facilitate this, elders and ushers will seat people from front to back as they arrive. So please understand that you may not be sitting in your favorite pew. Because of the mandated limited number of parishioners allowed in the sanctuary, we will be requiring that you call the church office and let us know if you plan to attend and how many will be in your family or group. This will be on a first come first serve basis. When we reach 80 people for each service, we'll be required to stop taking additional reservations. You can call Kimberly Johnson in the church office at 417-624-0333 to be included in one of the services. You can also fill out the contact form at emmanueljoplin.com contact. The following additional items are offered for your information. If you have a fever or feel ill, please refrain from attending church services. If you're over 65 or considered at risk due to an underlying health condition, please consider not attending. Although not required, if you have masks, you are encouraged to wear one. We will go without shaking hands and other physical contact. When you enter the church, go directly to the main doors of the sanctuary to be seated. Remember to maintain a six-foot distance from others who are entering. Do not congregate in the narthex or in other areas. When the service is over, you'll be ushered out in reverse order from back to front by our elders and ushers. Again, do not congregate in the narthex, but go directly to one of the exit doors. We will not celebrate communion on this first Sunday back. Additional precautions must be developed first. To mitigate contamination possibilities, all hymnals, communion cards, pencils, etc. have been removed from the sanctuary. Attendance books will not be passed. We will use the video screens only for the services. No bulletins will be printed. Offering plates will be located on a table in the narthex rather than passing the plates around in church. The nursery will not be available. Restrooms will be available though for one person at a time. Hand sanitizers will be available in several locations in the church for your use. All touch areas such as pews, door handles, etc. will be completely sanitized and disinfected after every service. And at this time, there will be no Sunday school or Bible classes. Thank you.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart, and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And you forgave the iniquities of my sin. Almighty God, our Maker and Redeemer, we poor sinners confess unto you that we are by nature sinful and unclean, and that we have sinned against you by thought, word, and deed. Wherefore, we flee for refuge to your infinite mercy, seeking and imploring your grace for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. O most merciful God, who has given your only begotten Son to die for us, have mercy on us, and for his sake grant us remission of all our sins. And by your Holy Spirit, increase in us true knowledge of you and of your will, and true obedience to your word, to the end that by your grace we may come to everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, has had mercy upon us, and has given his only Son to die for us, and for his sake forgives us all our sins. To those who believe on his name, he gives power to become the children of God and has promised them his Holy Spirit. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Grant this, Lord, unto us all. Amen. Your word is a lamp to my feet. And a light to my path. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly set in the heavens. You have established the earth and it stands fast. By your appointments they stand this day.
be with you. Let us pray. O God, the giver of all that is good, by your holy inspiration, grant that we may think those things that are right, and by your merciful guiding, accomplish them. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Good morning, boys and girls. It's time for the kids' talk. Come up closer to the screen. I want to talk to you about this. You know what this is. It's a box fan. When I turn this fan on, it's going to blow. You want to try it? Here we go. I can feel it blowing. Can you see it blowing? It's blowing my necktie around. It can blow my hair. And it's noisy, too. I don't know if you can hear that through the microphone. We don't see the wind that this blows, but we sure can see what the wind does. Today, in our Bible readings, boys and girls, we're going to hear of Jesus and his disciples. Jesus is almost ready in our, in our Bible story, in our Bible narrative, to go back up into heaven and then to send his Holy Spirit to his people. And he says, I am not going to leave you alone. I'll never leave you alone, Jesus says. I am going to send a helper, one who comforts you. And that's the Holy Spirit. He will send his Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. That's a couple of weeks from now. And we are hoping to be back in church on Pentecost, many of us. And we want to celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit coming up in a couple of weeks we can't see the Holy Spirit just like we can't see Jesus. Jesus is in heaven, but his spirit is with us all the time. He's with us in the waters of holy baptism. He's with us in God's word that tells us God's promises and God's love for us. And the Holy Spirit lives in our hearts. The Holy Spirit is with God's people always to help them in their faith, to help them in life, and to give them comfort and peace. So remember that next time it's a windy day. Next time you see a fan, think about the Holy Spirit and how he is with you. Your Lord loves you. Let's pray. God, even though we can't see you, we know that you are real. We also know that your Holy Spirit is real. Thank you for the comfort you bring us through the gift of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, boys and girls. Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts regard Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison because they had formerly did not obey when God's patience waited 
in the days of Noah, while the ark was being built and prepared in which the few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through the water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for the good conscience through which the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. Hallelujah. In the world, you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 14th chapter. Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. This is the gospel of the Lord.
grace is yours in mercy and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We can't say for sure why God lets this sinful world put his children in such danger. But we have seen him use these situations. Life-threatening weather, flooding, warfare and violence, recession and pandemic disease, all for his will and his purpose. These things certainly get our attention. They remind us of how helpless and fragile we are and how interdependent we are created to be. They force us to consider our own mortality. And sometimes God uses these things to strengthen our faith or to help it find expression. Sometimes he uses these things to open hard, dark hearts. For when we are oh so helpless and vulnerable, we are more open to listen than when everything is going our way. And we can be reminded that while God is unlikely to reveal his reasons for allowing this pandemic, one of the outcomes that he might intend, at least according to the epistle lesson for this day, is that the message of Jesus Christ might be brought to people who have not received it before because they didn't pay attention to it or they wouldn't listen before or they didn't think they needed it in the past. Therefore, Peter tells us in verse 15, Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. In a way, he's saying the same thing that he said with different words last week. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a royal nation, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you might proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, if it is God's intention to use this pandemic to bring people to Jesus, who is he going to get to get, who is he going to use to get this message out? Well, after reading these two epistle lessons, at least the sections that I've shared with you, I think the answer is pretty clear. That would be you. He wants to use us. We probably haven't thought a whole lot about that, but this might be the time that God is giving you to talk to a friend or a family member about our Lord Jesus or at least to give evidence of the hope that is in you by your speech or by the actions that you choose by the way that you look out for the neighbor by how it is that you talk about those who are in authority over us and Peter tells us how we can do that in your heart he says 
honor Jesus Christ as holy. And let the conviction of your heart show in your actions and sound in your words. Or maybe God is giving opportunities for parents to use family time to tell their kids just how important faith and hope in Jesus Christ actually are. Tell them. Tell the children that God has given you how God has worked in your life and in theirs. We don't often think about these opportunities. God works blessing even in tough times. Imagine what could happen to change someone's life, someone you love, someone you know. Imagine how your kids could get stronger in the faith. Now, our first response is almost always the same, or maybe I should say our first excuse is always the same. I don't know how I would do that. In your hearts, honor Christ as holy. Look for his presence in those around you. And even more, look for those who need him. Remember who you are. You belong to God. You were claimed by God on the day that you were baptism, baptized. Baptism, Peter says here, now saves you. Not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as, and now here the Greek gets a little tough. Our translation says, as an appeal to God for a good conscience. You could also translate it as a, as a discussion with God or as a questioning of God regarding a good conscience or as an appeal to God from a good conscience. The point is, we have a good conscience because of the fact that our sin has been taken away. The ways that we have affected God, the ways that we have challenged His supremacy, ignored His commandments, those are all forgiven. Jesus said in our Gospel lesson for today, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. It's not a finger-wagging sort of thing, like, you're not keeping my commandments, do you really love Jesus? I've heard it used that way. I think it's more like the Beatitudes, where God is saying, because you love me, this is what your behavior will look like. At least the behavior that will stand. The sins will be washed away. But those things that you do for God will be enabled by the Holy Spirit, whom Jesus himself has sent. And they will live in those who now live for God.
Baptism, Peter links to the resurrection of Jesus, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, with angels and authorities and powers subject to him. Baptism gives us the hope that we have. It gives us the strength to have a defense for the hope that is in us. If Christ can descend into hell and proclaim his victory over death and Satan, and Peter likes to pick on the, the, those who opposed the word of God during the time of Noah, if he could stand there and say that he had won the victory and nothing in hell could stop him, and if he could say it before that audience, which at the time of Peter's writing, the Jews believed to be the most wicked generation that had ever lived, because they reasoned no other time in human history did God wipe out a world and start over. Well, if Jesus can go down amongst all of that wickedness, and proclaim his victory, and take the keys of hell with him when he left. If he can slam the door to hell, so that it has no purchase over you, no claim on your soul, or your life, we have a hope that is solid. A hope that we certainly can put into action and explain if anyone asks us the reason for that hope. That hope is both the content of what we say and the strength that the Spirit gives us to say it. Christ Jesus is risen from the dead, and because of his victory, all who believe in him will live forever, no matter what happens to us here in this world. Millions of people need to hear this hope right now. And it's unlikely that God's given you the gift to reach millions of people. But he has put some folks very close to you. Some of them are in your neighborhood, maybe some in your house, maybe some come to the family gatherings, maybe some he has put in your prayers. You're not responsible for getting the message of salvation to everyone, but God may give you the opportunity, the blessing of sharing this hope with those around you. Listen again to St. Peter. Who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? Even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you'll be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. In your heart, honor Christ as holy, always being prepared to make a defense for anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that's in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. As the baptized people of God, filled with hope of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, 
Proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Your hope is the very thing to talk about and the very power by which to say it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus, and for all people according to their needs. For the faithful proclamation of Jesus Christ to those who do not know him, that through hearing the word of the Lord, many may be brought to faith, and to the knowledge of the truth, Lord, in your mercy. For the church of God here and everywhere, that all who confess Jesus Christ may be united in doctrine and witness, defended against the assaults of the enemy, and eager to gather together around your word and sacrament in love for one another. Lord, in your mercy. For Emmanuel Lutheran Church, for the work of the kingdom amongst the many believers in this community, for the resources to accomplish all that God desires, that your name, O Lord, may be glorified among us and your purpose fulfilled in our word and our works. Lord, in your mercy. For the agencies and institutions through which we love our neighbors and provide those in need, for the destitute and the homeless, for everyone who suffers unemployment or underemployment, that we may aid them in their needs and assist them to find honorable labor to supply all those needs. Lord, in your mercy. For the lonely, who suffer the burdens of life without friendship or family present. For those depressed or weary of this pandemic and its measures. For the fellowship of the church, that we may bear one another's burdens and live in community with Christ Jesus as our head. Lord, in your mercy. For the sick and those who suffer, that you would grant them healing in their bodies, peace for their minds, and consolation in grief and sorrow, Lord, in your mercy. And for the nation, for those who lead our nation, for the end of this pandemic, for peace among the nations, and for an end to terror and violence that we might work for the common good, so that justice may prevail, life be protected, and truth abound. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, our God, as we recall the obedient life and life-giving death of your Son for our salvation, we pray you to strengthen our faith. Make our hearts bold, that we may not fear, but address our prayers to you in all humility. Hear us on behalf of Jesus Christ, our great high priest, who stands now before you on our behalf and who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.